I'm Ra Key and this is the My Small Business Life podcast. Every week we talk to small businesses from a diverse range of backgrounds to understand what it's really like to be your own boss. From startups to scale-ups, if you work in a small business or are thinking of starting one, we will be sharing our insights and advice about the realities of working for yourself. This week, we speak to Sam Lahan and Diana Muendo of MYO, which stands for Make Your Own. MYO is a creative space for grown-ups, allowing people to explore their creativity through a number of different classes. They also work with businesses to host events and create branded content. Welcome, Sam and Diana. Hello. Hi, guys. Hi, Hi Rocky. Nice to meet you. Lovely to meet you. We haven't met before, so this is the first episode I'm doing with two people that I've never met, so fingers crossed. Oh, my God. <laughs> fingers crossed. And we are recording this first thing on a Monday morning, so thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. No, thank you. It's a good way to start the week. You run an organisation called Make Your Own, which has been shortened to MYO. Do you want to tell me a little bit about it? Yeah, absolutely. We are a creative gym for your creative muscles. And our mission really is to help grown-ups explore their creative side. So how do we do that? We have 14 different arts and crafts workshops ranging from calligraphy to life drawing to illustration to pottery and pottery painting, amongst many more. And yeah, we run sessions in our studio. Not at the moment, <laughs> we're also taking some classes virtually. And on top of that, we also make creative content for brands as, a, as another side um, to that. And that's for, yeah, to engage, to help brands engage, engage with their audiences um, in a creative way. So that's what MYO does. We've also launched a sort of sister brand to MYO called Creative Jungle, the Creative Jungle Company, which has a creative podcast and creative kits to bring creativity to people's homes because people can't come to the studio right now. <laughs> so yeah, that's a summary of what we do. Sam, was there anything you wanted to add to that? Um, I think the only other thing is creative thinking, yes. I guess is kind of, it's an area that I'm very interested in and that's part of the reason for a creative jungle is to explore creative thinking a lot mm. more, mainly because We've learned a lot from setting up our own businesses and seeing creativity in the studio. And I think we're trying to figure out how to share that with more people mm. so they can bring that more into, into their lives mm. and businesses. Mm. So lots of little kind of things happening and bubbling <laughs> at the moment, which is nice. Yeah. All about creativity. Yeah. Fantastic. So obviously we're in this unique situation of lockdown at the moment. And when you are primarily a business, which is sociable and social that must have had a extreme impact on you so so talk me through how things have been over the last few months good question <laughs> so yeah so for us um we were heavily reliant on classes in the studio and we worked with lots of companies kind of doing team building sessions off-site in their offices and obviously that kind of went to zero overnight um, yeah. and what was going to be a very bumper march and april period went yeah went, went south <laughs> um, so yeah so as a business i guess what we had to do was kind of 
firstly, safety is priority with the team and with, with guests. So we had to close the studio straight away. Just everybody kind of went on furlough, basically, for a few weeks after that. Yeah. There's a bit of time to reflect, kind of decide what to do. Lots yeah. of people on the team. Um, and when I say the team, it's myself and, and Diana and Christy and Laura as well took the time to just upskill a little bit um, yeah. and that's kind of flowed into lots of things that we're starting to do now so yeah. we started to do a lot more video content yeah creative kits was a thing that we wanted to do for a long time yeah. so we actually had time now to develop those and we started shipping last week yeah um and the podcast learning how to edit i'm sure you're going through it also like yeah. how to edit it what's the best microphone all that kind of stuff so um for, in general, it's been good because it's allowed the business to kind of diversify a lot. Mm -hmm. We could have just been depressed for four months and kind of seen what happened, mm -hmm. what would happen, but we decided to kind of make the most of it and upskill and kind of launch new things and just see where it went. Yeah. When the classes come back in the studio, I think it could be next year until it's safely um, safe for that to happen. We're going to build up the other things and it'll be a bonus when the, when the public classes come back. Yeah, um, I think... Yeah, it was the initial few months, a few weeks, like everyone was probably just shocked, you know, just like, oh no, what do we do? Is this going to be the end? And and luckily the government support came in so quickly, I think, and so seamlessly, which I think has kind of saved a lot of business, so at least given people some hope and, you know, something to work off. And we were so lucky that amongst all of this, we got a, a big branded content um, contract with a film studio to create content for their for their Instagram, which has now been seen by across all the videos, nearly a million people, which is kind of crazy. Um, wow, that was a save. That was a real save. So yeah, so it's been a nice time to learn, to reflect, and to kind of start building things up again. So you talked about being able to diversify mm. what what is the process that you've been through together to plan that yeah that's a great question it is um yeah a I, difficult one i know <laughs> yeah like all the things that we've done have just kind of they came to light over the last 18 months yeah. just for loads of different reasons uh, we'd started getting a capacity in the studio for example and we get inquiries from companies to kind of host sessions and we're kind of going, oh, it would be good actually if we could just package things up and send them to them and maybe have a complimentary video rather than having to send a teacher, as an example. So that was like thrown into the ideas list and we, mm. have, we use Asana for kind of tracking to-dos and ideas and mm. there's a whole flood of, of ideas, ideas in there. And then um, the branded content came out of nowhere, really. I guess, you know, we started establishing ourselves as a go-to place for creative classes and, you know, Art, like arts and crafts so that just came off in a random email and we were like is this for real and then and then it actually was and we've kept working with them so yeah that the first one with this film studio happened at Christmas and then they just kept coming back for more and more and more so yeah then that suddenly that becomes a new revenue stream <laughs> so yeah so there hasn't been a great structure for launching the ideas a lot of it has been demand-led just yeah. like the filming they got in touch with us so I guess it flows back a little bit to yeah, us pitching ourselves as being a go-to place for creativity, whether that's making arts and crafts, making products or making um, content for people. Yeah. And then it, it's, 
it's really interesting that people just get in touch and say, any chance you could do this or have you thought about this? Mm. And we're quite, because we're a small team, we're quite quick to be like, yeah, let's, we can figure this out. Let's do that. Be pragmatic in terms of how long it might take and be open and honest with the person that gets in touch mm. because I think it's a terrible idea to say yes when you literally have no idea or you say, yeah, I'll get that done by tomorrow. It's like you need to kind of think about it a little bit. Um, and make sure you can do it well. The last thing I'll say on that, sorry, is like our ambitions are quite big. We want to do tons of different things and we know that it's going to be a lot slower doing it the way we're doing it because we're trying to do lots of different things. That's really insightful and helpful, I think, to other people running businesses at the moment as well. Every business I've spoken to, the clever ones anyway, <laughs> right, we're not going to allow ourselves to be depressed. We need to find a way of, even if it's not making money, just staying sane. So tell me how two accountants go from being accountants to developing branded content and hosting podcasts on creative thinking. Uh, how long do we have? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Do you want to take no, the lead on this? <laughs> I go for it. Um, Going back a little bit further, like back to, I guess, my early 20s, I always wanted to set up a business. My dad ran his own business, a computer hardware business for 40 years. And my brother runs a tech startup in, in Ireland as well. I've always wanted to do it. Never had the confidence to do it. Always had the chats with my friends about startup ideas. Let's set something up. And never kind of came to light until I got to my late 20s, where I kind of made a conscious decision. I just need to go and do this. And kind of that's when I got a bit, out, a bit more out of the finance things and just structured my life. And I do have kind of five or six steps that were useful in that. Um, but yeah, just structured my life, committed to the process. And this is, that's how MIO kind of came to light. Yeah. Um, so there's things like getting healthy, if you want to go through the steps with yeah. the first one, because that's important to have tons of energy for, for what you're doing, yeah. getting reconnected um, with people you already know, and kind of just being open about what you're doing. Um, so in my case, I just knew I wanted to set something up. I had no idea what it was going to be. Had a list of ideas, one of which wasn't MIO, but just by speaking to people that I know, and you know me, and being open about it, just led down a particular path. Oh, and the ideas were from like blockchain to renewable energy, <laughs> like really random, disparate ideas, which, you know, when you want to set up a business, but you don't know where to sell, you do have these very random, ideas um but then slowly slowly kind of started filtering down and for me where i came in was i also always wanted to run my business but i thought it would happen later on in my life but the thing that spurred me to switch and leave the profession accounting or working in finance like that was i just i felt like i really wanted to be more creative like i really felt like i had all this energy that i just wasn't able to i couldn't i couldn't find an outlet for it at work sam's like okay i really want to set up a business and he ended up saying you know thinking i really want to do something with a physical space where i'm helping people and meeting people so yeah that like, kind of yeah on that point i'm a bit i guess i came from the exercise of just going through what do i like doing and what's my beliefs and what would i like the future to be and i'm definitely more anti-technology than Pro. Um, pro technology like I use the tools and equipment and it helps grow the business but I don't want to be on my phone all day and looking at emails and so kind of 
not going down the route of a technology business, which arguably is it's more scalable and you can be a billionaire doing a tech business and all that stuff. But it just felt like I just prefer being in a room with people and kind of sharing an experience. And I think it's a lot more empowering and it's, it's a bit more memorable as well. So yeah, so the kind of the third step that I was mentioning was get informed, which lots of the ideas that Dana mentioned, blockchain renewables in my head, I was like, that could be pretty cool to do. And then I started reading and I was like, I'm actually not interested in this. But kind of just spending the time reading, you will know what you're more drawn to. Um, so I kind of found that really useful and doing kind of online courses and reading various books on different industries. Um, and then that helped me get a bit of direction in terms of what broad industry I felt would be interesting. And then I started networking with people. So just finding people on LinkedIn saying, hey, do you want to have a chat about X, Y, or Z? Yeah. Um, and before we set up MIO, I'd started working on a music incubator project, which I'd spent five or six months working on. And it launched pretty much around the same time as MIO. So I had to make a decision whether to stick with Dana, my girlfriend, yeah. business partner, or jump in on the other thing. So I made the obvious choice. Um, I think a lot of people missed a trick that in the startup community, people just like helping. Like we're yeah. doing this podcast because it's hopefully be useful to the people that are listening. Yeah. Um, people like helping other people grow ideas and, and build a life that they like and be happier in. Um, so kind of that's a big thing I think that's underestimated, especially with startups. If you're coming from the outside in, yeah. is there's just a wealth of support and positivity and energy. And yeah. Sure, there's a little bit of competitiveness, but it's not like ruthless. Yeah, like you're, I don't know, challenging your colleague for the bonus at the end of the year. It's like people kind of want people to to do better. It's not a zero sum game. Exactly. It's, there's enough opportunity for everybody to to do something impactful. Mm. Um, so that's like to get networked and the last two were get saving because time and money are yeah. things. Um, you you're know. laughing because you know. Yeah, so like six yeah. months is kind of what we say worth of savings we had probably lasted about three months. And the last point I'll say is kind of getting life sorted, which is kind of linked to the saving is do you need to be paying two grand rent if you're trying to set up your own business? Why don't you kind of go into a smaller place or a flat share and kind of cut the mm. 500 pound gym membership and go somewhere a bit cheaper and just, yeah or just if you have a house and a mortgage can you rent out a room you know just kind of eliminating as many costs as you can yeah because yeah you just want the time and the money to kind of help you grow the business mm. and the longer the more that you have a boat the more likely it is to succeed mm. um yeah and then yeah. you just do it <laughs> yeah you kind of and commit to it you it. know like it's Again, I think a lot of people struggle with finding that idea, and it's something that I struggled a lot with, and Diana did as well. It is just, it's like when you find a partner, you know when you know. The amount of bravery from both of you, you just seem to be quite fearless, brave people. <laughs> what do you need to do when you make such a big step away from a very secure, regular monthly paycheck in big companies? Yeah. So yeah, like, there's risks to everything and uh, like on that the risk is that you just you end up doing the same thing and then all of a sudden you're in your 40s or your 50s and yeah. there's all these things that you'd like to spend time on yeah um so yeah it's like the, the risk is on the other side of things the risk is not doing it yeah. or at least like for some people it could be just try it for 12 months and see what happens exactly like, to, to absolutely it was interesting i worked at pwc and 
you know, very corporate jobs pretty much my entire career. And I never thought of myself as a creative person. Yeah. Then, and I left working for other people in my mid thirties. So 10 years ago. Yeah. And since then I have discovered a creative side to me that I never knew existed. And yeah. it shocked me really. And I, and also when you get into your forties, a lot of people I know who reach their forties, all of a sudden they start having these great ideas for things. And I really feel like I would have been a happier person when I was younger had I incorporated a bit more creativity. Now, obviously you two are big proponents of creativity and talking about why it's important, but I've got my own ideas, but I'd like to hear from you why being creative is so important, even if you do work in one of those very corporate jobs. Mm. Yeah, that's a really good question. Also, I also want to ask you kind of in what way have you found your creative side? You know, is it in terms of making or is it in terms of your ideas? Um, because I think kind of creativity is in all of us and people tend to associate it with, oh, I'm not creative, i.e. I can't draw or I can't paint or, you know, I'm not good at pottery. But creativity is that force that makes you want to bring something in your imagination into real life. That is all it is. Be it a great recipe that you want to make, a great cake that you want to make, a great story you want to write, a business idea. All of that is I, pretty much anyone can say and everyone can say that they have that in us. And so it's important to do that because it is a part of you. you know? In the same way you have the energy to run or laugh or breathe, it's, a, it's another energy that is a part of everybody. And, and it's important to to nurture it and play with it and explore it. And to answer the question that you asked me, it was creativity in a lot of different ways. It was picking up things I'd done as a child. So I did calligraphy as a child, which I now relearned. Um, playing guitar when I was younger, which I just stopped, which I've now relearned. It was having an idea for a business, which I don't run anymore, but a startup business in the dance industry, which I randomly ended up in after I left ah. uh, WC. So I thought you were either creative or you weren't. Yeah. And I didn't put myself in the creative box. So I think it's come in a lot of different ways. But even just coming up for this idea for a podcast. Yeah. When you're in a full-time job, sometimes you just don't even have the headspace to think that. No. You, you would come up with the idea or to execute it. Yeah, absolutely. I think... And I think that's such an important point. The, the more creative things you practice. So even if it's just, you know what, I'm a busy job, I've finished work, it's eight o'clock, I'll come home. Maybe instead of watching two hours of TV before bed, if just spend one hour and paint something or coloring something or practice some calligraphy, it boosts your creative confidence. And then you're like, oh my God, I'm actually, I am creative. And then that makes you, feel like you can realize more ideas it's kind of self-growing it's it feeds itself the more creative you are the kind of or the more creativity you practice the more creative you become you playing with some pottery now might make you believe in yourself when you have an idea in that meeting and you go you know what i think this is a really good idea that i could execute i think it's a similar it's the same energy yeah it, just, it gives you confidence making something from nothing yeah. so doing calligraphy and starting with a blank sheet of paper and then half an hour later you've seen you've written something really beautiful that will translate into yeah you're in a meeting the next day or you're thinking about an idea because you can just see that you can make something from nothing yeah and it just takes a bit of practice or takes time that's really really powerful 
Um, and as you say, you've gone on to do so many different things. Yeah. There is so many people out there that just don't, and they think they're in a in a box, and they just should keep doing the one same thing. But like everybody can do so many magical things. Yeah. Um, that's why we. Yeah. That's why we're really enjoying the process yeah. of being more around creativity and kind of sharing that. Sharing that. Yeah. I was watching an interview or a documentary about David Bowie yesterday evening. Yeah. And just looking at a person like that from all the way from the 60s to not that long ago and next level yeah, <laughs> yeah. just reinvented himself so many times and like sure at the start he was it sounded like he was in about seven different bands in the first few years mm. and they failed and they didn't but he just had kind of confidence in himself kept evolving evolving and just imagine if he didn't mm. how different the world would be now so it's kind of yeah keep oh yeah yeah you're talking to an absolute nutcase david bowie fan as well <laughs> nice <laughs> i think the other thing about uh, well, you make a really important point, Sam, actually, that doing creative pursuits outside work, say your day job isn't creative, will help you be more creative, think differently, because you're flexing that different part of your brain, aren't you? And also, yeah. I think from a mental health perspective, I mean, I know when I'm doing calligraphy, I just go into like a meditative trance for a while because it's precise and, you know, there's a real kind of technique to it, which you have to be very present for, which is just amazing. Yeah, so yeah, it's kind of what you refer to, it's kind of called the state of flow, or the flow state, and it, it is a form of mindfulness, so you get a similar effect if you're meditating, or if you're doing yoga, or something like that, you can get that by being creative, and what can happen at those points is your your mind can just come up with really nice ideas, or it's like if you go for a really long walk in the forest, so many famous people, or successful people, have come up with these really good ideas at, at those times, but a lot of people don't get into that mindset very often because yeah. yeah if you're watching netflix you're not really there's not too much going on in your brain because you're kind yeah. of you're, you're absorbing something but if you're creating something there's a lot more happening yeah i love seeing that in this honestly that's one of my favorite things in the studio when people come and at first it's like, oh i can't paint i don't know and then by halfway through the class there is always a moment of just pure silence when everybody is just absorbed nobody's looking at their phone nobody you know and i i love sitting in that you know kind of 10 minutes of everyone's just like in the zone when do you come up with your best ideas so for me they happen five minutes before i'm about to fall asleep and then i have to go and write something down in the car not very environmentally friendly i'm afraid because <laughs> i'm not being paid <laughs> too much when when do you come up with your best your, your most creative ideas um i have a really boring answer it's like when i'm cleaning the studio after a session or going for a run or something like that nothing too fancy but yeah it's basically when i'm focusing on something quite mundane and but actually doing something and then yeah just lots of ideas mm -hmm. i'm sure you're the same it's just every day there's probably 20 different ideas on all sorts of different things and different approaches to the different areas of the business and mm. um, which yeah usually when i'm doing something quite Monday. quite boring for me it's the same as you before i go to sleep i have about i have a couple of notebooks by my bed and i just always kind of write random things that i'm thinking and before i know it i'm like oh i could do this and oh what about this i've never thought about that then i just end up having a few bullet points and then in the morning as well i do the same thing because Journaling, actually, just because Diana mentioned that, yeah. I don't know if you do, but that's really, really powerful. Uh, we've been both studying a course on well-being on Coursera, the online platform, and just journaling, whether it's just 
anything that's in your head or if there's particular problems that you're unsure of, just writing it down rather than having it worrying in your head can be really, really helpful. Uh, yeah, just thought I'd mention that in case yeah. it's useful. <laughs> no, no, I have to because at my age I don't remember them either, so it has to <laughs> committed to paper within about two minutes of me having the idea, it's it's just lost to the world. Yeah. I'm at, I'm at the stage now where I've had so many what I think are good ideas. I'm just giving them to other people because I'm thinking I don't have the time to execute this. So you please go make a business and make make. I it think that's great. That's absolutely great. You're giving people that inspiration. I did want to talk a bit about diversity. If you're both comfortable talking about that, yeah. can you give us a little bit of backgrounds on your ethnic origins, both of you, first of all? Because I can physically see you on a zoom call but people listening on on audio will not be able to see you will be able to distinguish an irish accent yeah yeah so exactly sam's irish <laughs> well half irish half dutch yeah and i'm from kenya well now british but I lived in kenya grew up in kenya so i'm a black woman and I guess in terms of our, the rest of our team we have Kirsty who's english and now melissa an intern who's also English and I guess yeah so the, the point about diversity that's that's what we have in the team I guess we're, we're more female we have more of a female presence but it definitely helps having Sam and that male perspective in the business so we have female we have me a person of color we have Sam I think it helps us serve our customers better when you have a broader, I think a business should reflect the people it serves in every way it can. So having our different perspectives means that we can connect with different customers more authentically, better, even if it's as simple as, oh, there's a guy in the studio full of girls, because <laughs> it is a more, it kind of tends to attract more women as a business. But having a guy in the studio, he's there with his girlfriend, actually Sam coming in, there's a connection there. It's like, oh, cool. You know, sounds like, great, yeah, guys here. This is so awesome. And it's like, yeah, you know, on a simple level. For me, having, you know, being a woman of color, being black, having another black woman come, she can come and, you know, we can talk about something in a, in a deeper way, maybe than you can if you don't connect on that deeper level. Perfect. And also, I think coming from different cultural backgrounds just makes the approach different. So it's yeah. not just an, um, English or British way of doing things. Yeah. I was looking at your website earlier, and we'll, fin we'll finish on this note, but you had an interesting point on your Facebook page, actually, where you had posted something about being an ally at the moment, at the time of the Black Lives Matter movement being very prevalent for all of us globally. And I love that you put exploring and making art as a way of being an ally. So let us know what you mean by that. Okay, so I guess taking the tiny step back as a business, with everything that's happened recently with the Black Lives Matter movement, we've kind of, we know we have a bit of, a little bit of a pedestal. It's not too big, but a little bit of a, a pedestal that we can kind of be supportive with. Um, so we've kind of... A stage, yeah. Yeah, proactively made sure every Sunday, for example, now forever, hopefully, um, we'll have a Black artist featured just to raise more awareness of that. And um, we'll feature just more Black artists in general. So kind of on that point, in terms of making art, it was we started sharing how to make 
things that support the Black Lives Matter movement, um, whether it's making a, a banner to go to a protest, be socially distanced, to making some liner printing. Yeah, I was just going to say the point about making art that, you know, like um, to raise awareness as a form of being an ally. I think, and I'll quote an artist, and we spoke to who said this, you know, art seeps into your subconscious. So making something that show, you know, that sh that shows you supporting diversity, that shows you supporting, you know, being anti-racist, supporting people of all races. It, it see, you know, it does seep into your subconscious and informs your thinking, and it's a powerful way of communicating. And that's why we're like, you know, what making art, everybody can do, it. everybody can do it. That that quote's given me goosebumps all over me. I felt <laughs> that's a brilliant brilliant note to end on if people want to find you do you want to just give us the details so that people can get in touch because i'm sure they will want to be involved in what you're doing after hearing this has been such an energizing conversation thank you yeah, I guess instagram is probably best yeah. just because we're quite a visual business um so for myo it's at myo london is the handle and for creative jungle company it's at creative jungle co so co at the end and um, perfect and then for myo the website is www.myo.place p-l-a-c-e and i couldn't think of a better way to start a monday morning uh, i feel like i'd like to talk to you every week now just for an hour <laughs> yeah put it in the diary let's do it thank you so much I hope that when lockdown is over, we get to meet face to face. I'd love to come and try out one of the classes. Yeah, yeah that would be awesome. Thank you so much for your Thank time. Thank you. Take care. You've been listening to the My Small Business Life podcast produced by Tigris Management. For more information, visit tigrismanagement.com. With special thanks to Gareth Shelton of Pop-Up Painting.